Greg Jones, reoccurring guest back on the podcast. Got the sorority camp this upcoming weekend. Greg, I appreciate you, bro, for taking the time out your day to come on. Um, talk about like your upcoming events, what you got going this fall. So the floor is all yours. Appreciate you, bro. No, I appreciate you having me on here. Um, you know, we got a, quite a few things that's coming up. Um, I would say the one event that's here really this weekend is the sorority basketball camp, uh, which is um, a high school girls elite camp uh, invite only for Midwest uh, region players. So we have girls um, normally from Ohio to Nebraska down to Kentucky to Michigan. I think we had one Canadian kid, uh, I believe before. And, um, just started that camp mainly because on a girl side, as you now becoming more accustomed to, they don't really have that many legit outlets and resources that are giving them the same work as on the, the guy side of things. Right. And um, so we started, let me see, sorority camp started, what, 2017. So this is actually the, so we had 17, 18, 19, skipped 20 because of COVID. Now we're bringing it back and, you know, just excited to have it. I mean, this is really one of the, I don't really get too excited about the stuff that I do, but this is right. one of the things that I really enjoy because um, it gives me an opportunity to see some, some of the girls before people know who they really are and then be able to just to kind of follow them throughout high school, AAU and eventually their collegiate careers too. That's, that's awesome. Now, now Greg, for, for the new listeners, cause you've been a guest before, what got you into marketing and doing events? I would say originally what got me into this, the marketing side of things actually was, uh, it still is my oldest brother. Um, so he has his own event uh, planning and PR company. And I remember being in the fourth grade and receiving like, I, cause he used to have a, a connect at Reebok. I remember receiving like Iversons back in the fourth grade. And I'm like, man, these ain't even out yet. Like, how you get these? Right. And like, oh, well, you know, you know, somebody I knew that is at Reebok or going to like movie premieres or being on even movie sets or award shows and just being around certain things. And I think that kind of subconsciously groomed me for this because right. uh, where we come from, we normally where we come from, the only thing that we see is just like the on the surface, on the court stuff. You don't see like what's behind the background or just the different um entities and hands that are at play right we don't right. learn the business side of things until we are actually in it uh for better or for worse like some people learn more about it because they get finessed and now they got to learn about some things and then it um you know now it's like okay well i get it now but my thing was like i had opportunity to kind of figure some stuff out prior to something like that happening right. and and then like i said once i kind of stopped playing like, like seriously like that after like injuries and just wanted to kind of figure some stuff out. Um, I actually got um, involved on the marketing side from an international standpoint when I started to help a lot of the, uh, the guys and girls from Egypt and then other various countries in Africa. And for like three years, I was the uh, global ambassador to the Egyptian Basketball Federation. And we were able to um, send a significant amount of kids here uh, to the States. I mean, one, you, you know, I mean, he's no longer with us um, here. Kareem who passed yeah, away yeah. from leukemia, like, you know, yeah, that, you know, that was, that was my kid right there. You know, I ended up being his guardian and everything and just seeing his impact on 
not only just his short period of time in my life and being here in the States, but I mean, he's looked at it as an like icon in Egypt. You know what I mean? Because right. he, he did like, I mean, he was the first Egyptian to play on the EYBL circuit with CP3. Um, my guys, John Adams and Steve Shelton, who you met at Peace Jam, right? They, they took good care of him. CP3, uh, it was always amazing. Uh, CJ, his brother, is, is really good. And, you know, with all the stuff that's going on in the world, one of the things that, you know, I find, um, I guess, as a comfort is that sports, especially basketball, is like a universal language, right? right? And you can use that to just help network and get you in certain doors and just meet certain people that it might not even necessarily be something that is for you, but it could be you to help somebody else down the road. You know what I mean? So right. that helped me a lot. And like I said, my story is a little bit different because it started internationally. Then we came back domestically to start more with uh, like player development, which I've been doing that since, I mean, I remember in high school, man, I had like little kids that wanted to go to the gym, we'll work out and stuff. Um, and then, of course, with Bishop Knows girls team and then uh, bringing the events, the, the whole G2 Hoop Series, bring the events here to the area, Northwest Indiana, just so that from a local standpoint, fan base could see tomorrow's, tomorrow's stars, but also give the local high schools the opportunity to play against some talent that they necessarily would not see on their own merit. That, that's huge. And thanks for sharing that, Greg, because. When I filmed the, like the four to five stars, the next generation of pros that possibly right. will be first round, top 15. Absolutely. I know that if I, like when I post videos, it's not for my enjoyment because I've played it, I lived it. Right. So they, they don't impress me, but I know my community don't get that same type of exposure or see what's on the other side, Correct. On the East Coast and the West Coast. So just being 100% transparent, I, I totally feel you. Now for your team, you got new teams this for this upcoming fall and yeah, winter. We do. We do. What's we some do. of the teams that'll uh, be planning your event? Let's see. Uh, well, um, Lalamere. I know Lalamere's one. Yep. We got Lalu's playing and in Bosco. the Mac Has Bosco? They're playing in both. They're playing in, okay. in the Turkey Tip Off and Mac Jokes. Uh, we have St. Rita. St. Rita, I think, is man. They got about seven Division One kids on their team right now. They're pretty loaded. Uh, who else we have? Cathedral. Uh, Detroit Renaissance. Nice. Uh, is Hammond playing again? Hammond, Hammond Central now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Hammond, yeah, Hammond Central is okay. playing now. Crown Point is back uh, on the girls' side. They won a state championship. Silver Creek is coming back. They won. So Crown Point actually, they played each other and the Mac jokes this this previous uh, January, and both went on to win state championships in their respective classes. So nice. both of them will be back. Uh, Bishop No Boys and Girls are playing in both events. Uh, let's see who else we got. Um, Gary Westside Girls are playing. South Bend St. Joe's Girls are playing. Uh, it's I mean, it's a list. I mean, for a turkey tip off, it'll be three games. Uh, and, uh, and then also we bring in the Hoops for Pink back. We didn't have it this past year because of COVID, but we're bringing that back, which is an all girls varsity high school tournament that we have the week after Christmas. And then Mac jokes. And I want to say for the Mac jokes, we're looking at about eight to 10 games that day that we'll have because Hammond Central, beautiful school. They have three gyms in there. Two of the gyms actually are functional in which you can have a regulation high school game because they have the bleachers and everything is there. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like say we, uh, who else do we have? Uh, uh, 
I'm trying to think. Oh, 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 Bowman, Bowman boys are playing in both events. Okay. Uh, who else? Man, they might, it's a couple more Michigan schools. This year, it's going to be more of a Midwest feel because of how um, the state of Michigan rules are. Right. It's crazy. Like, I thought Indiana rules are wild. So, in Michigan, you could – so, even if you're not playing a team that's not a bordering um, state, you can't even be in the event. So, everybody that's playing in this event actually borders the state of Michigan so that we can have the Michigan schools play. Nice. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's great for the community. Like I said, you have the, the kids that we come across that hoop, but don't know what it, the talent is like in Michigan and mm-hmm. Ohio or Southern Indiana. Cause all they know is Northwest Indiana. Right. You'll be amazed. And you know, this just as well. Like some of the guys in our community don't even go to Chicago and see they, that they got a top tier kid in the country that plays for Kenwood. Yeah. It's so. crazy because, as, I mean, we resonate and relate more to Chicago than Indianapolis or just any other part of the state anyways. That's why it's called the Chicagoland area. But you would be surprised at how how many people they don't they they've never seen Simeon play or they've never seen a Whitney Young play or they've never been to a CPS game or for that matter, how many people have like took the South Shore train just to go downtown, just, right. just to see downtown, you know what I mean? Or go to like the I mean, I, I hope the, the schools still take field trips like the planetarium and, and stuff like museum. that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they do or not, but, you know, so those are things that you remember as a kid, like, man, this city's huge. Like, it's a lot of people here. Right. And then when you kind of just get to the aesthetics of everything and just to the, you know, the meat and potatoes of just high school basketball and middle school basketball, for that matter, too, you'll be able to, to see that it's a difference between being locally good, regionally good, and nationally good. Like, those are whole different levels. And sometimes, you know, when you come across a kid that is that good, you're like, okay, this is not real. Like, I remember the first year we had the Mac Jones Invitational. That winter was extremely cold. And we had, what, 15, 16 high schools from 10 different states come. Um, The furthest was um, Moreau Catholic. Uh-huh. Uh, basically like the Bay Area. And then we had Lincoln wow. Prep out of Atlanta. So we had states that were represented. We had Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, Alabama, Georgia, California. And it was somebody else. And I remember some of the people that were that just came to the games just to see what it was. Uh, Kansas, because we had Sunrise. Sunrise was number one in the country at the time when they came to play. Oh, and, wow. and, and I remember... Um, they had like that team was really really good. Um, Sunrise had, and I remember people coming to watch, and they were like, "No, it's no way these kids are in high school." Right. And it was, and it, and it was a, it was a ripple effect from your general fan that couldn't identify with this, even the officials, because I was like, "Hey, you guys are used to calling games down here, all the plates about to be above the rim, so no you have to run, you have to move, you have to get it, you know what I'm saying? Right. It was different, you know what I mean? So, um. I appreciate everyone that was a part of the first Mag Jokes Invitational and the first Hoops for Pink because I think that year we were the only uh, – I had the only two of, two events that featured um, a McDonald's All-American um, in the 2019 class because we had Rakia Jackson from Detroit Edison who's okay. at Mississippi State who's going to be a top five WNBA pick whenever she comes out. And then we had um, – we had Dante. Yeah, Dante. He, he's um he's at or- Oregon still. 
Uh, played for Mocan Elite as well. Big oh, wow. Fella. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And, and he played in the Nike Hoop Summit um, game as well, too. So that year, we were the only um, events in Indiana that featured a McDonald's All-American boys and, and or girl to play. That's, that's huge. And where do you see the, the landscape of women's basketball going, Greg? Because you're heavy in the business. And for a lot of guys that's now starting to transition to following women's basketball, where do you see the landscape going? Well, I mean, I think I think so the kind of the the ceiling has always been low in regards to women's basketball because people would, would have the perception that it's it's not marketable, it's no money, nobody wants to watch it. And that's the, the furthest thing from the, the truth. I think we saw that when you give an opportunity for visibility, people are watching women's basketball. Uh, someone who you know that played in um, the NCAA tournament this year for University of Louisville, Dana Evans, right. her 88 game was one Shout of the most watched, watched games ever. Like this whole tournament this past year was one of the one of the most watched. As a matter of fact, I think the women's Final Four, Elite Eight and Final Four, did better numbers than the men's. That's a fact. So if that's true, then we know eyeballs and visibility are there if they have the numbers then that that turns into what okay what is the currency now what is the marketability now what what is that and i think people are starting to realize that um um basketball like i said is a universal language and, and basketball when you look at the monetization of the sport you you will see that when it, even like um like whoever favorite pair of kicks are right now, you know, uh, let's say, let's go with the Giannis's. Yeah. Like Giannis yeah. shoes, you know, um, Oh, you know what? Not even Giannis. We used to, uh, I mentioned Kyrie shoes. So what people don't even realize is, uh, me and some of the, you know, the big wigs at, at Nike a couple of years ago, we talked about this cause I saw a, a kind of theme where because of like Sue bird and like keep Sue fresh, like she wears all Kyrie. She don't wear nothing else. And you started to see how the younger girls, all wore Kyrie's. They ain't wear nothing else. Like they weren't wearing bronze. You are very, very rarely will you see a young lady wear LeBron's. True. I've never seen a young lady wear LeBron. They're wearing, they were Kyrie's. Most of the times they see the Kyrie's or Kobe's. Low cuts. That's it. Now, now you will see some of them venture out to like Giannis or KD's, but that actually started to happen when, uh, Nike EYBL started to make the the, the their shoes uh, make them wear like 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 KDs or Giannis. Once they started to have them, and they started to wear them, okay, I like these. Now let me go buy some. True. And then everybody else will buy. You know what I mean? Or if you right. take a look at the summer of 2019, uh, what was that? The KD 12 or KD 11? Uh, EYBL uh, boys and girls they gave their their teams the shoes, That's and true. immediately. People wanted to buy the girls' PE more than the boys. I rem I remember when we first started, forgot which whether I think it's eleven, mm -hmm. but they gave us some KD. They was like bright red and black, mm -hmm. and and they were tough. I re I remember getting those, and I've been seeing how like they just came out with a collaboration, KD and Kyrie. I don't know if you yeah. saw those kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. They're trying to be Nike's still trying to be innovative, which I thought the shoes were really sick and mm -hmm. how EYBL is turned into this mega platform. Yeah. But but Greg, I want you to talk about this because you've seen how much the guys get and how much the girls got this year with the EYBL gear, mm -hmm. which is nuts. And a lot of people were upset on the internet. I think I think uh it's an interesting conversation, uh, for a few reasons. One, because I I personally know 
the yeah. individuals. Um, I would say that some of the pictures that I saw did tell the whole story, uh, mainly because I know the young ladies received more pairs of shoes than they than they had in that picture, right? right. And I know it's trying to create a, a narrative. I think right now a lot of individuals are on just on a witch hunt, and I, if it if it just has the the smell of something that doesn't seem <laughs> fair, they just going with it, right? Um, but what people don't realize is when you look at the other shoe brands, like the other circuits that the other competitors have, they don't do half of what what Nike does on the, on the girls. Not at all. Like it's not even close. So it just brings up an interesting point of view of why uh, attack this brand in regards to what they do or don't do when you already know other brands don't even do anything close to that. Yeah. Like why aren't you saying? But it's because Nike reigns supreme. Like everyone wants to wear Nike, and we get it. You know what I mean? Um, just like for instance, like at the high school level, um, you have um, a lot of people may not know this, but like your Oak Hills, Mountain Birds, Sunrise, and then like a, a Matter Day in California or uh, Paul the Six in the DMV. Those are Nike Elite schools, and it's not just the boys. The girls are Nike Elite as well too. I'm not familiar or aware of other shoe brands that have that special category for high school teams that they may sponsor. Like they don't talk about it like that. No, no, they don't. And obviously the, the internet refs, I call them cause I'd be laughing when right. some of the central media yeah. outlets be like internet refs, what you think, but you know, you got the internet critics talking about how Nike is so wrong, how they're going to do that to the girls where the EYBL event was all under one roof. All on then that's the crazy part. All under one roof, and they're the only platform or shoe circuit that had boys and girls on ESPN. That was huge. And I can't wait to see what the numbers are on the girls' games. And because in- now this is what this is the tricky part, though. If the numbers come back and the girls did more numbers, that's a whole nother conversation you gotta have now. Right. You know what I mean? But I mean, and, and respect to the other brands, like I don't have nothing against them, but right. I, I know what I know and I know what I've seen and what I what I've been a part of and what I am a part of. And I don't think any other brand, any other shoe brand does it better than Nike. And I, I think um, on the on the the girl side, you have, you know, Tony Dorado and Jill. No, like those are the two individuals that run the girls. And on the guy side, you have Carlton. You know, for as far as EYBL and then Tony Dorado runs Nike High School and Tony Dorado, Dorado, I, I mess with him all the time. I call him a legend because he's he's I think he's been in charge of Nike High School since like 96. Yeah. So any any and everybody that's come through the la- landscape of grassroots basketball, he's been a part of. It's, it's, it's dope, man. Just to, to see now, like I think the players had to sign. uh is it the NIL? What is it? Where were the players? The NIL, could, name, they, image, likeness. Yeah, okay, so it's the NIL. Yep. The players have to sign that now because they're able to get compensated for their likeness. Mm-hmm. Last, And that's my last question I have for you, Greg. What's your thoughts that players now could get compensated for their likeness at the collegiate level? Uh, I agree that um, um, I, I'm a believer in capitalism, so I believe anyone should get paid off of whatever goods or service they provide. Um, I also know that you know, a lot of individuals are not educated on the ins and outs of how to do this properly so that they're not in, in any financial trouble, any uh, 
uh, troubles like, like taxes and anything like that, right? So I think we're going to open a Pandora's box. And once that box is open, it's just going to be a free-for-all because what it does is now, it, on one hand, it says, yeah, it's like a fair market space, right? But realistically, it's not because, take football, for instance, right? College football. Right. The only p- skill, the only people that that can uh, identify someone, or I should say the only college players that people identify or recognize are majority all the skilled players, like your quarterback, wide receiver, uh, running back, maybe a defensive end, a linebacker, right? But right. everybody else, they don't know who they are. You know right. what I mean? So it's going to be interesting to see how that really translates. Like I said, I think it's going to kind of uh, widen the gap between the haves versus the have-nots because, I mean, we just saw, look at Texas and Oklahoma. They leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC. That's crazy. Yeah, like, they don't they like, their right. Yeah, they're like, we out of here. And no one can tell me that that's not – um, a, a a pitch or something to help kids out. Like, oh man, I can stay. So I can go to Texas. Texas is all already looked at as as people would say Texas has more money than the Vatican. Like they they would say that, right? But now right. Texas football is in the SEC. Like that's a lot of money. Big big. So that's crazy. I know that their football games is like sold Unreal. out. Unreal. Unreal. So you bring a Texas and Oklahoma across. Like that's that's gonna be insane. Um, I'm interested to see uh, just the uh, the you know the end result on some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Because I want to see how many kids. Well, you can say it now. Some kids feel like they already made it as it is. Yeah. So now, now that you're able to get get paid or get product, merch, or whatever the case is, I want to see how many of them are going to really still grind for that scholarship. That's that's what I said. I, I think it. It's, I get it, but like if you're already getting paper in college, that that dog and that extra grind you want to put in, it goes away. Especially for I can't speak for everybody, but I know a lot of young guys. Mm-hmm. They get content very fast. Oh, absolutely, because because you're. I mean, what social media did for 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 your um, for your average person or for anyone in sports, social media made you feel like you had already made it. Right. Because you have eyeballs and attention, you have people trying to interact with you, right? Um, in the past, that only happened once you got to a certain level. You got seven graders and eighth graders that have three hundred thousand followers that play basketball, and guaranteed a roster spot. Like now, just being on the other side mm-hmm. of the grassroots business, yeah. You got some people that be like, "Man, we got to take this kid because yeah, got yeah, for real, like, he got three hundred k followers, or she has three hundred k followers. We gonna we gonna take him." And we're going to make a highlight of that particular kid, even though a highlight might be of him scoring or her, her scoring two or three points. And people don't see the whole gamut of things, right? So they see that little highlight and be like, man, they played, they had a, a hell of a game. But then you realize, like, no, nah, they lost. And the person that they was guarding had 40. Right. Like, it's going to be interesting because what's going to happen is once people kind of figure this thing out or it kind of evens out a little bit. A lot of these kids that have big followers, it's like, man, them big followers ain't about to help you when you get between them lines. Like you got to play. No, not at all. Especially I, I really believe college coaches still, they don't care about the followers. Oh, they, I mean, oh man, if I could tell you how many conversations I had over the last week and a half about that, like 
some and what happens is well do they care like no, do you think- no like, they don't and okay. the reason they don't is like i've heard at least 15 or 20 times college coaches call me or text me and be like hey man i thought this kid was way better than what they are i'm watching them now they they're they not good because they're going off of what they heard right right and then like little highlights and and then just the followers that they had now they get a chance to see them in person they're like this this kid's not he's good not enough that. to get me fired yeah and when it comes down to you taking food off the off my table for my kids and my family and and I got to put in my house for sale, I don't care how many followers you got. I need you to win ball games. Right. No, you that's know, so. that's an important concept and absolutely. I I appreciate you sharing that, bro. And like I said, I'm excited for this weekend. The event's going to be big time. One of the best to do it here in Northwest Indiana. Uh, you deserve all the flowers too. Oh man, Greg. I got a long way to go, man. All right, yeah. it's, I got hey. a long way to go for all that. Hey. But still, though, you you inspire a lot of young brothers to continuously grind and put in the work because you're you're the epitome like of how to network and how to grow your business and always giving back to the community. I think a lot of people forget like anything you're trying to do, you could start right here in your community. So I well, I think I think it has to start with. Um... It's a couple of different things, right? So one of those things is you 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 have to do trial trial and error until you find a proof of concept that works for you. Right. right. And once you find that proof of concept that works for you, now you can kind of bend it to how how you feel or bend it to what works best for you. And it's hard to find a proof of concept, especially when you're not in it for the right reasons or how you were brought in. Like, like, I think we have this, this, this mantra that people kind of feel like um, everything should be simulated or you should skip steps or you shouldn't have to work to get to a certain level. And like, they don't understand is when you embrace the grind, when you embrace the daily struggle of that journey, that's actually the benefit or I say the reward, because now by you going through that, can't nobody finesse you. Because right. you've been through it, you know what it's what it feels like, what it smells like, what it tastes like. So no one can kind of get over on you. But when you skip steps, people can put the little cloak over your face and, and you know, smoking mirrors and, and, and stuff like that and get get you. And I my thing is that I've always wanted was regardless if people understood or even understand it to this day is that um, everything I do. I do not for me, but for people that either came before me or come after me of just showing that, hey, you can do stuff and be from Gary, Indiana. You can do this or you can have successful things in your own backyard. You just got to plan accordingly and act accordingly. There you have it. Greg Jones, G2, was in the building. Appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you having me on here.